morning we uh, this morning in which we'll be uh, dealing with uh, how uh, we say Jesus will fight our battles. He's Jehovah Shammah, which means God is there. He's right there with you. And um, Emmanuel also, uh, it means that God is with us. And so we want to just kind of look at this word, Jesus with. Uh, we use it so often in so many different ways and teach our children because it's only two words of the Bible. Uh, but we want to go a little bit deeper than that. And we take our who, what, when, why, how, and just cut this thing apart. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we just come together this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you uh, want us to see and understand. Help us understand the dynamics of the moments, the emotions, the truths that you pour out, Lord, the theology that just flowed from it, Lord. Uh, there were so many things that was uh, coming out of these verses, leading guidance in our time together. Thank you for my time with you, Lord, and help me to clearly share with your people. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have up here, and I got this uh, the, the picture up here, Jesus wept. When I, when I saw this, I said, I, I think it's important to make sure that this is uh, put up before you and for you to just look at it for just a moment, because I think it's uh, important for us to understand that when we say Jesus wept, then the question is, why? But why did why did Jesus weep? And please do not come to the obvious answers that people give. Um, and that's because, see, the closer we get to know the Lord, when we see the word Jesus wept, I, my, my goal is to help us to appreciate it more. Uh, okay? So then let's take this, this whole bare rascal apart and put it back together again. In an introductory text, it says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, said to him, Lord, okay, of course, Martha, Mary has the, uh, the mic at the point. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, narrative, and the Jews who have come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Jesus has the mic. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Verses 11, 35. It's amazing how we teach our children, you know, the verses and and the people are uh, thrilled. You hear what they say? Yeah, you wept. They said, wept. My baby said, wept. But that baby learned from this. going to be a preacher one of these days. And we just use, we use this word, Jesus wept, Jesus wept. But I don't want us to see something that the Lord says, look, this is always for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction. Let's go deeper into this thing. We have to go through some back, some narrative backgrounds and everything else. But to the whole thought of why somebody who knows ahead of time weeps during that time okay the book of john is a powerful book but it requires our taking the time to read study and receive one of the greatest revelations about the heart of god there are two powerful words that have been abiding in the shadows of god's 
awesome invention uh, in intervention in the redemption of man from his awesome wrath. Jesus wept. Out of all that you said, the power of God and God is able to heal it, Jesus wept. He died on the cross of Calvary and he said, and he also said, while on the cross of Calvary, Father, forgive them, but they know not what to do. Jesus wept. And that word is there, and, and if you don't stop to study it and look at closely, you'll miss out on the blessing. So it's, it's mentioned there, and as a matter of fact, and I'll say it again, it's mentioned twice, okay? The question of the Bible on the table is, why did Jesus weep? Remember, that's the question. Why did he weep? There are only two uh, instances where it is recorded that Jesus wept, only two times in Scripture. One, Lazarus, Jesus wept at Luke eleven thirty five. In Luke 19:41, and when he uh, drew near and saw the city, he wept over it. Luke uh, 42 said, "Would that you, even you, would have known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes." One person is um, has passed. Jesus wept, and another one has. Passed up the past the opportunity to really be blessed. Each time you find Jesus weeping, when I, this word weeping is not like uh, a tear rolled down his eyes. I mean, he wept. That that is a very intensive word. Uh, and so, uh, uh, so when Jesus met uh, Mary, he said, oh, "Why are you weeping?" Okay. Uh, it was, it was kind of good old here when she did that. Okay. Thinking it through, let us consider the narrative and uh, discover a greater and more important reason why Jesus wept. We'll break it down to three parts. One, the plan. Number two is the process. And number three, the pain. And may I just forewarn you, Lazarus will not be raised during my message. Uh, because that's not what we're talking about, okay? It's like Jonah in, in the in the well. We're not going to be talking about Lazarus of memory, so uh, don't expect that. Let us go on with the lesson, okay? Let's go with problem number one. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the city, the city of the village, the village of Mary, uh, Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Uh, don't confuse that with the other Mary uh, that, that did almost the same thing with Jesus in a different scenario. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, the sisters had might, him, him, see, he whom you love is ill. Jesus had the might. But when Jesus heard, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Don't forget that. All right? Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Wow. I just kind of broke it out here and I was thinking it through. Number one, 
the profile. We're talking about Lazarus, a dear friend who loved our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, he, he probably met with them a, a number of times. He enjoyed their company. Um, and the Bible shows a, a one of those uh, situations. Then petition. Mary and Martha, a part of the three, the brother and the two sisters, and, and I, I can imagine the fellowship that they had with the Lord. The Lord didn't have to do any miracles. Anything. He just, you know, there are relationships where they call refreshing relationships, where you, you don't have to give out anything. You don't have you just enjoy the person's presence. And so Jesus uh, uh, witnessed this with the brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. Then the purpose. That's where we have that word you heard before, the hook, the look, the book, and the took. Now, let's look at the purpose of it. The hook gets everyone's attention. Don't you think that if so, a loved one dies, it get everybody's attention? Okay, all right. So we know that. So now everybody on board got the attention. The look hold everyone's attention. What happened, everybody didn't just say, oh, he died? Oh, my God, that's bad. No. I mean, he got everybody's attention. Everybody, see, everyone is uh, sad uh, or what have you. Uh, and then the book revealed the purpose, and Jesus Christ will reveal the purpose to this whole thing. And that is that God will be glorified, the Son will be glorified. This, this is the purpose of this whole thing. Did you see, it's not mentioned Lazarus along the line now? It says, here's the purpose why, and that's why I'm hanging back a few more days, because I want to make sure you don't get confused with what's going to happen here. The took, draw a godly conclusion, a godly conclusion. And so um, then we talk about the plan, verses 5 and 6, and he talks about the whole idea of what's going to happen. Uh, through this whole process. And so Jesus, staying with the plan, stayed back a few more days. Now, and I understand something. When you, when a, a loved one dies, they do not uh, wait a week or two weeks. Where they, they try immediately to uh, bury the loved ones. And uh, if you go back into the Old Testament, just a little note here. In the Old Testament, when they buried an individual, um, they would wait almost a whole year until the whole body is decomposed so they can gather the bones. So that's where you have Joseph and some of the others, where they'll gather the bones of the loved ones. They don't leave it here. Take my bones to such and such. Uh, that's why the guy was saying, Lord, I, uh, uh, I had to bury my father. In the, uh, uh, my loved one, he said, well, let the dead bury the dead. Because, man, you know it's going to take a year to know uh, not on your convenience. So, so here we find Jesus waited two days. By the time the body is decomposing, according to God's uh, uh, program, that's kind of give you a, a glimpse of what's going on here. All right, let's go. There are always a reason for sickness. Sickness is never an accident. Please understand that you're not accidentally sick. There, are, there's a cause and effect for sickness. Sickness is a process that is completely controlled by God, our Father. Sickness, sicknesses are sometimes planned for God's eternal purpose. And then sickness is a situation or condition that will challenge our concept, belief, and trust in God. I think about our congregation, I think about things that 
we're going through the various type of sicknesses and the challenges. And, um, it's, it's our season, beloved saints of God. Going into it with the right attitude and right thinking will help us to really weather the storm. So then uh, the sicknesses, again, no accident. The Lord knew that was going to happen before you were even born. What you'll be going through, how you'll be feeling, but that's not what he's looking at. He can stop that anytime he wants to. Here's the thing that's, that he's looking at. Our concept, our belief, and our trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. Amen? Where we go, we'll go on from there. Now we go to the process. John eleven seven. Then after this he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Uh, now you've noticed I kind of uh, cut out a number of the things that were said uh, between 7 and 11 because the disciples are doing some reasoning. Uh, because they were saying, because he told them that Lazarus uh, that he's he, he's sleeping, and the, the disciples were saying, "Well, Lord, be sleep, then he'll be okay. He'll wake up." And so the Lord had to really train the brothers in. So the verse eleven says, "After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus had fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him.'" And the disciples said to him, "Lord, if he was a, uh, has fallen asleep, he will recover." Now the Lord had spoken of his death. But they thought that he meant taking a rest and sleep. Praise the Lord for clarification. Okay. Uh, so the disciples are going to follow, see some things too that will really open their eyes. Let us go. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews have come to Martha and Mary uh, to console them uh, concerning their brother. There was a lot of folks moved by this, by the people. They were some good people, and this happened to them. And naturally, folks are going to, uh, to console them. Let's go to the next verse. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, Martha has the mic now. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from the Lord, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Jesus said to Mary, your brother will rise again. The dialogue is going on now. That's uh, dead. Jesus should have been there ahead of time. Martha is going to very nicely tell him, you should have been here. And he, he consoles her saying, he's going to live again. She's not getting it yet, so let's go to the next verse. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus has my Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. 
John, he continually was the mic. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Martha has the mic. She says to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. Because Martha, remember, left the house and ran to meet Jesus. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they follow her, supposing, assuming that she was going out to the tomb to weep there. So they say, hey, you going to weep there? We're going to weep with your sister. We're here 100%. So, so you had the whole group going now, following Mary, as you hear that Jesus has called. The pain. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. I, I know that. My, my brother would have not died, Jesus, if he only had been here. Uh, that's why we're, we're what we call uh, linear thinkers. And linear thinkers is one point to the other, and the Lord is three-dimensional. And so she's thinking literally, uh, if you've been here, it wouldn't have happened. How do you know it wouldn't have happened? Because you would have been here. Okay. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. When you see about the Lord, about the God of all comfort, let me tell you something. When you're going through something, the Lord is not observing. He's right there with you to comfort you. And he said, Jesus has the mic. Where have you laid him? They said to him, they said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he had loved him. But some of them said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man that all have kept his man kept this man from dying? You see what happened? It's amazing how people come to conclusion. Everybody, every every one of you on Zoom have two ears. Everybody have two ears. The whole idea is: Are you hearing what the word is saying here? You come to a conclusion and express opinion without facts. And when you do that, you always come to the wrong conclusion. So he's, he's weeping and reading. You can sit around the table and you have a committee as to why Jesus was weeping, you know. Uh, and why did he come late? All these other things. It doesn't solve the problem. Then if all that happened, why did he show up in the first place? Ah, I am so glad that the Lord is so patient with us. Thanks to God. He does not answer our questions. A brief recall of these intense moments of sorrow. 
unfulfilled expectations. If you had been here, he would have he wouldn't have died. Two times he hears that. Overwhelming sorrow. There's tremendous weeping. Tremendous compassion, verse 34. And there you find that Jesus, he moaned. You, you're, talking about, you're talking about God being an awesome God and powerful God. Here we have a compassionate God. Here, here is the God who created us, now in the flesh, seeing one of his friends who died. And here's what he's carrying. He's carrying the answer to their prayer and also carrying the fellowship that he had. With that. I cannot imagine what was going on during that, that time. But Jesus knew it all. A great compassion. As one guy would probably say, Jesus maintained his cool as he looked at all of the tears and the helpless looks on the individual's face. Everybody, everyone, no doubt, standing around saying, we'll never see Lazarus again. Day, look, this day four, Lord, you, Lord, you're late. <laughs> the body is decaying. Everybody's crying, and while they're crying, Jesus paused, and he wept with them. That's why when we're talking about sympathy and empathy, Jesus wept with these individuals. He entered into their pains. He entered into their environment. He entered into all, all of the questions and, and everything else. He was there for them. Praise God in the midst of all that we ask God and, and complain about God. He's always there and he will not respond uh, below who he is. Thank you, Lord, for that. And then unconfirmed speculations. We notice what happened there. Of, of, of Folks saying, have you been here? He wouldn't have died. That's what Mary said to him. Then unnecessary criticism. It's amazing. People bring up your past, you know, and not focus in on what's going on right now or what God can do. Uh, just stay with plans. Stay with where you are. It'll help you. See, whenever you start focusing on the past, you're going to lose. I guarantee you, you will lose perspective and creativity. And so also receptivity. If Jesus would have said to the eternity folks and said, Lazarus will rise from the grave, do you think those folks through all of that, uh, through all this criticism, they put, criticism they, they're putting for, do you think they would have been listening? They would have heard with their ears, but they would probably not hear with their inner ear. Oh, oh, Pastor, you're just reading into the passage. Oh, do you remember Jarius when his daughter uh, died and, um, and Jesus said she's not dead, that she's asleep? And those mourners left him to scorn. And Jesus said, put all these folks out of here. Put them out of the house. People here. And so now Jesus has to move in another direction. Because why? Jesus wept. I think that it's important for us to keep this in mind. Let's go to the next slide here. Observation. Lazarus' death was divinely timed by God. 
what you're going through, what I'm going through is not an accident. Every moment is timed by God. Nothing operates outside of it. That's why we have an organized God. And he wants us to be disciplined and organized. He's an organized God. And he does not want us to be disorganized people being distracted. Next, Lazarus' death was the precursor of glorifying God, the Father, and the Jesus Christ, the Son. Lazarus had to die so that God can be glorified. God can always rectify the dead, the dead. But to be glorified, oh, what a what a state, what a statement he had to make to those who would believe on him from that point on, for others who are right there, for the friends. I mean, he's gonna balance the books right there in front of everybody. Lazarus' death was precursor of glorifying God, Father, Son. For Jesus and Jesus and the Son. Lazarus' death was a timely picture and insight concerning the love of God. When we see this thing, um, we see that uh, we say about God's love in the Old Testament. They say hesek. In the New Testament, we use the Greek about uh, agape. This this a long and abiding love that the Lord has toward us. You see, you, it says, "Oh, you see how He loved Lazarus." Oh, it was quite obvious. Not only the fact that he was there, not only the fact that he was crying, the whole fact was that he was right there in their circumstances, just like with you, where you are, or what you will be going through. The same God will be there for you. That's why it's for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, that we'll understand that whatever you're going through, whatever my lot, thou have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Jehovah Shammah. And this is how Jehovah Shammah operates when he's in, in your, your midst. He doesn't uh, condemn you. He doesn't put you down. He always takes you to some facts. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And they, those who do die, uh, and they also shall live who believes in me. This whole idea is that God is right there in our presence. Lazarus' death was timely. Lazarus' death reveals how our Father enters and participates in our moments of crisis. Why is that? Well, you know, the First Corinthians said that I didn't put it on my notes earlier. That is, blessed God, Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who uh, who comforts us in all of our temptations, in all of our trials. Why does God come and comfort us? Why does he enter into where we are? It's not only to help us and many times deliver us, but also perfect or grow us up that we in turn may be a blessing to others. That's what Corinthians says, that we in turn, when God gets into your life, it's hard for you, and it's hard to take in, but hang in there, God cares for each one of us. Amen? Consider this. In his display of miracles and tremendous demonstration of his mercy and grace, God uses only God used only those who love and obey him. God didn't use sinners to glorify himself. He took his closest friends and inflicted some of the one of the greatest pains. And then he comes in, revive the brother brings joy. God is glorified and the Son is glorified. 
and the people are mystified and glorified God. And you know what? I think that when you say Jesus wept, please take it to another level. It's more than just him crying. God cares for you and for me. When you teach, when you teach a child of Jesus wept, please uh, let them know Jesus wept because he really cared for you and me. Why did Jesus weep? I believe that we are given a deeper insight into our Father's response to the pains, disappointments, and sorrows of the believer's life. The word is not sympathy, but empathy. The willow of Nain, if you remember that story, uh, the funeral, the son, they're, they're taking him to uh, the place of burial. Uh, she's a widow. Her husband had died. Her future is on, uh, uh, on hold here. Her son and Jesus walks up, stop the whole procession. And he raised the son and give her son back to him. Oh, here, here come, here come it up. Unauthorized uh, un uh, time and sometimes right on time. Then Jerry's daughter, we talked about that. Where the, there seemed like a soul hopelessness. The people are already crying because the person did hire the people crying and, and going on. And yet and still, Jesus told uh, Jairus, listen carefully. Don't weep. When you're in a situation, here's a lesson. Only believe. Only believe. Isn't that what he said to, to Martha? Believest thou this? And she said, yes, Lord. I believe. Jesus didn't tell Martha the full plan. He said, no, you need to have your theology together. When you go into stuff like this, have your theology together so you won't be hooked on blaming God so you see what God is doing from this day forward. Okay. Second Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all See that word, all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction, with any afflictions, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Okay. Uh, and, and notice it didn't say was comforted by God. It says are comforted by God. He's there and he's consistently there and we're, we're with him and it won't be long before we'll see him face to face. Why? Because he cares. How do I know he cares? Jesus wept. And when Jesus weep, there's another sign. There's another way of looking into, God, into God's heart as how much he cares for you and for me. Amen. Here's the strategy of the storm in our life. When the storms come, remember, run, release, and relax. Let the Lord have his way. Let me go back over. When or while you're in the storm, some of you are in the storms, and you're feeling it through pain, you're feeling it through loved ones and everything else. When you're in the storms, and when I you said the word when means it's going to happen. When it's going to happen to you and to me. So when you're in the storm, remember, don't forget 
who you are, whose you are, where you are, and what God's going to do in through your life. Run. When you're in the storm, don't run away. Run to the Lord. Run to the rock of your salvation. Run to the Lord. The Lord is never too late. Uh, Mary and Martha, they were on the Kronos clock. Lord, had we only been there, the Lord was on the Kairos clock. I come on my time. On my time, I'm glorified. On my time, you'll get what you need. And on my time, other folks will be impacted. So no, I can't come on your time. I'll come on my time. So just run to the Lord. Then, like Martha, release. Let it go. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And then lastly, after you release, I never seen a person who released something to the Lord and didn't worry all the time. Okay, then you have released it. <laughs> you're supposed to do some spiritual, what they call spiritual bungee uh, jumping. You, know, you, 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 you jump and say, Lord, I believe you. And then all of a sudden you pop right back to or what you were saying. Uh, some other, Please let it go. Let go and let God. Relax. Let the Lord have his way. Why? Because you know what? The Lord gives us perfect peace. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed fixed nailed to him. Why? Because he trusts in him. You don't have peace, then it's not because your circumstances on the outside. Check out what's going on in the inside. And I want to ask the question, why is that going on right now in your life? If Jesus wept then, he's emotionally involved with us right now. And that's to those who know Christ as Savior. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, uh, then what I'm saying is a bunch of words. But what the person I'm talking about is a reality. Jesus Christ, he died for our sins. He's God in the flesh, came in the flesh. He died on the cross of Calvary, not by accident, not by someone, as a martyr but as our Savior. He died and he was buried and he rose again. It was God's receipt to us that it's all over, that the price had been paid. We walked out of that judicial court, not only being uh, absolved of all of the offenses, but then grace pulled us in and labeled us as God's uh, children, daughters and sons. And so, as we think about what we're going through this week, understand this. Remember, Jesus really cares for you and for me. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. I believe that you died for my sins. And I ask that you enter into my life I ask that you save me, please, in Jesus' name, amen. So, Lord, I pray for the congregation. I pray, Lord, that each one of us will have our hearts and minds stayed on you. May our theology, what we know about you, broaden and go deeper and 
avoid surface words that are a level of, of immaturity. Let us go deep, as the Hebrew writer wrote. Let us lay aside the elementary things. Help us to go deep in your word. The deeper we go, the more we know you, the more we learn to, to relax and to handle your word rightly. Lead us, Lord, to do just that. Thank you for your patience with us through the years. And so I pray for the saints, give them a big, very victorious week. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints say, Amen.